Welcome to the Maze Marketing Podcast. This isn't another podcast about marketing tricks or hacks, but about building effective marketing systems, beating marketing overwhelm, and communicating your expertise. With your hosts, Rob Drummond and Jonathan Wilson. Hi there. So this week on the Maze Marketing Podcast, Jonathan and I had an impromptu conversation about the 80-20 principle or the Pareto principle, which in ad testing terms is the idea that one or two of your ads will generate by far and away the most money for you. And just a handful of ads on the contrary will actually lose you the most money. The term 80-20 has become more commonplace recently. There's a number of books out about the 80-20 principle. But I think most people miss how profound this is and how much it's at work in your ads account, especially if you're running a a maze marketing strategy. So we talk about all of this in the episode. Really pleased to share this with you. Let's jump into the conversation. So unbelievably, um, I this this still surprises me, but I still run into clients who are spending huge sums. On, on even their online advertising and simply because business has been going well or they see evidence that it's working like you know if, if, if you really do put ten thousand dollars worth of ads on your credit card and a hundred thousand dollars worth of new sales rolls into your payment processor account over the next week and month and that goes on every month for years well clearly you, you can see that it is working but now get this, I'm going to use the most extreme example that I've run into, which I, I came across last year. So I, I helped somebody, they contacted me specifically to set up their tracking. They were spending $400,000 a month, for, so almost half a million a month on banner ads, on 12 banner ads to be exact. And they've been running for a long time and they knew for sure because it was the only thing that like they weren't using SEO. There was no Facebook. There was no other thing going on. They had a funnel. They had banner ads pointing to that funnel. They were spending almost half a million dollars a month on those ads. And the traffic undeniably was flowing through the funnel. But get this. He had no idea which of the 12 ads were doing any good. So I, I've forgotten, he, he either didn't tell me how much his gross revenue, so as you can imagine, this is, this is extreme. So almost half a million dollars a month in ad spend, and he was making a killing. Um, I got the impression somewhere that his return was close, uh, uh, about one to two, the, the classic dollar in, two dollars out, but now think about that. That means he's spending almost half a million dollars a month and making almost a million dollars a month off these 12 ads. Um, it, this is like a, a phenomenal example, right? But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm using the big dramatic one on purpose. So he's, he's making that, but he had no idea which of the 12 ads was doing any good. Now remember, every time a page loads and an ad has the opportunity to show, that's it. One load, one person, one page load, one ad. If only one of his 12 ads was working, that means that out of every 12 times his ad was shown to a person, 11 of them were complete waste. Should we talk about the 80-20 principle? Because this, this, this always applies. Like if you've got 12 ads, then 
you know, 20% of them will drive 80% of the revenue and the bottom 20% will lose money normally. Yeah, yes. At least. Go back over that one more time. Let's try to make it clear. So let's, let's say you've got 12 ads running. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to explain it. Uh, so, that, okay, so, so I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounded like you had, a, you had it on the tip of your tongue. So it's like this. The <clears throat> well, so let, let's explain the eighty twenty principle briefly. We can have it. By the way, we could have an entire episode on eighty twenty. We should do that. Uh, but so, a long time ago, and I know there's there's people, mathematicians that are going to debate how valid this is, but it is it is generally observable by anybody. So anything that happens, uh, you know, here on planet Earth, and happens well, not just on planet Earth, because in a minute I'm going to use the moon as an example. Uh, but you know, in, in this physical universe. Anything that happens has this sort of law of distribution that shows that some part of it is going to be favored and some part of it is not going to be favored. What on earth does that mean? Well, let's explain it in a little detail. So the idea originally came from um, an Italian economist. Is this right? Does this ring a bell, Rob? Correct me if you know better. I think it was right, 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 right. in the late 1800s, early 1900s, I think. I may be wrong. It's uh, somebody's last name was Pareto. Sometimes you'll see this 80-20 principle called the Pareto principle. I have no idea if I'm saying his name right, a Pareto maybe. Uh, but anyway, he noticed that in Italy that the referring to all the wealth of the nation, of the nation's citizens, I guess is the right way to say that, that like um, a handful of families had the vast majority of the nation's wealth in their possession, so so the billionaires, so to speak. Uh, this is this is still true today. You'll you'll see articles from time to time in uh, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, saying, uh, you know, whatever. It's accelerating today, actually. Seventy yeah. percent of the world's wealth is in the control of just 149 families, or something. I saw an article yeah, just yeah, like yeah. that here last year. Um, so what's this all about? Well, the point is, is that there will be. And, and it's, it's easy to go to Google. I don't want to do it, but you could go to Google right now and search for, uh, you know, top 10 wealthiest men in America or something like that. And you'll get a list, you know, and somebody will be on the top and somebody will be next. Uh, you know what? Actually, this, this might, I'm going to see if I can search on Google and talk at the same time, which may not, may not work. But uh, if it does work, podcasting skills, yeah, it'll, it'll, you got it. Uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be a great example. I think I think the point is that we we underestimate the discrepancies in performance between many things when you look at the aggregate number when you look at the total number. So, so I got it. There's one on Wikipedia. I I think it was worth the moment to look it up because it gives such a clear example. So if you search for uh, wealthiest people in the world, Google first or second link was an, a Wikipedia article called "List of Richest People in the World." Uh, this is the top 19 out of everybody in the whole world. So according to Wikipedia, right now, Jeff Bezos, Mr. Amazon, has a net worth of $136 billion. The very next person down drops from 136 all the way to 95, and that's Bill Gates. Now, number three is Warren Buffett. He's 82. Number four, some guy named Bernard that I've never heard of before. He's 68. Number five. Uh, 68 billion, to be clear. Number five, 61 billion. Number six, uh, sorry, 64 billion. Number six is 61 billion. Number seven, 59 billion. Now you notice 
in just these first five, we've gone down by more than half. So number one, 136 billion. Number seven, 59 billion. That's a big drop. Yep. And also the increments as I go down this list are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 59 billion, 54 billion, 49, 48, 48, 48, 48. Four, so, so numbers, there's a point, of course, a, a fraction, but from number 10 to number 13, they're all in the 48 billion range. And if, if we could list everybody in the world, this is the point, those graduations, the steps in between would get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller down to fractions of a penny, right? And so this, if you drew it out as a graph, it would be a curve. This is why it gets called the 80-20 the curve. So on one end, you have this super long tail uh, picture it being on the left where there's as you go along horizontally it's just barely rising like you're slowly rising in the graph as you move from left to right then all of a sudden there comes a point where the graph begins to accelerate its uptick until the very end the right hand side will basically look like a spike hey rob in the show notes we ought to like uh we ought to use the tool and yeah yeah we're gonna totally geek house in the show notes yeah I, I had no idea we were going to go here. But this is fun. This is a fun topic. So just picture a curve, a long horizontal curve that very gradually rises and then has a sharp uptick on one side. And that's it. That's, that's the 80-20 curve. And so I just used wealth as an example. And again, that's kind of where this came from. This Italian gentleman noted this and, and graphed it out. But after he did that, it was observed that the same principle applied to all kinds of things. It's not just the wealthiest men. It's not just the wealthiest countries. It's not just the wealthiest cities or businesses or even just wealth. It goes for anything. Um, Including traffic. ads. Well, we'll, we'll get to the ads. <laughs> last, I'm jumping uh, the gun here. A, say, say it again. I'm jumping the gun here. You're jumping the gun. Yeah, yeah. Traffic on a highway. There will be, if you could list out uh, whatever it would be, cars per day on all the highways in a given nation, there is one highway that carries far more traffic than the number two highway. The number two carries a lot more traffic than the number three, four, and five, but the gap is not as big. That's the curve. Uh, you can apply it to rivers. So like, uh, I don't know how they measure rivers. It's probably like gallons per minute or cubic feet of water per minute. There's some river in the nation that is the, well, well in, in the US it is the Mississippi. Like if you look at a map of rivers, um, you, you find out that literally two thirds of the nation, everything east of the Rockies, one way or another, the majority of that water flows into the Mississippi. It's not the only one, but most of it flows in. And so the total volume of water in the Mississippi is way more than whatever the number two is. And I have no idea what the number two is. Maybe it's the uh, Colorado on the west side. Um, but then, so from there on down, again, if you could quantify it, you'd find that the gaps get lesser and lesser and lesser as you go further down to the number two, number three, number five position. So, and this goes for everything all the way down to, so, so get this, this is why I said not just planet earth. It goes for craters on the moon. There's one crater on the moon. I don't know its name, but you can look it up. That is bigger by far than whatever the second biggest crater on the moon is. The number two crater, it is bigger than the number three, but the, Again, the gap, the interval is smaller than it is between one and two. And the gap between two and three is more significant than the one between three and four and so on. Anything you can graph and quantify in the, in the natural universe follows this uh, fairly universal principle. 
So that's what it is. So, so what in the world has that got to do with ads? Well, what it means is you're looking, you're looking at your ads and saying, I, I spent money on this ads or I showed it X number of times. You're quantifying it by views or by dollars. And one of those ads is going to get way more traction, way more ROI, make way more money than the number two ad. And you will see the same descending scale. You're, so, so maybe uh, let's just use click-through rate as the example. You show an ad 10 times, if it gets clicked on five of the 10 times, that's a 50% conversion rate. If it gets clicked on one of the 10 times, that's a 10% click-through rate. Did I say conversion rate a minute ago? We're talking yeah, about yeah, click-through yeah. right here. Click yep. through rate, yeah. So uh, why does that matter? Well, because clearly you got to get the click first and the conversion second, the sale, the lead, whatever it is. But so uh, everybody wants to spend their money on the ad that's going to work the best. Works, works the best means click-through rate and conversion rate combined. So if some of your ads are getting a 50% click-through rate and some of your ads are getting a 10% and then right on down the scale, some are getting, you know, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, you're, the ad networks know this. They make money off the ones that are working better. And they're going to, they're going to actually charge you more or demote in some fashion the ads that don't perform as good. It is going to hurt your advertiser account. Not to mention that you're also wasting opportunities. So, so pretend that the ad networks didn't care that they treated all ads equally. That's not true, but pretend that they treated them all equally. Still, you're losing money because if you've got an ad that gets you a click every other time or sale every other time, that is the one you need to put your money behind. Not the one that's going to cost you 10 clicks and only get one sale versus 10 clicks and five sales. So this, if you go to an ads manager, and this, this goes for anything, your Facebook ads, your Google ads, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you may be on. If you've been running traffic for a while, you can literally go to any column in the interface, your clicks, your impressions, your views, your relevance, your ad score, quality score, anything. If you click and sort it in a descending, so biggest at the top, smallest at the bottom, you will see the 80-20 curve come to life. And if you've got 10 ads and they've been running for a while, you will see this. I mean, go, go pause this podcast and go try this right now. If you've got 10 ads or 10 campaigns or 10 anything running, go, go to it, go to any column, sort it, and you'll see, you'll see this thing we're describing uh, in living color right there. And the opposite argument from that is if you're looking at any sort of aggregate number, there's always a hidden 80-20 curve behind it that you can't see. So there's always an 80-20 inside the 80-20. If you want to really geek out, go learn about fractals because something to do with the laws that drive fractals <laughs> drives this, this thing that there's a, an 80-20 inside the 80-20. So another way to say this is quite simply, what, what, 80 and 20 are crazy numbers, right? What are we talking about? Well, it's, it's this simple. And, and by the way, 80-20 is slightly misleading. In the natural world, it's never exactly 80 and exactly 20. It may be, uh, you know, um, 82 and 18 or 75 and 25 or even 60-40 sometimes. It's rare that it's that far out of proportion. But it's not 50-50 and that's the it's point. It's never 50-50. Um, and so it's one-fifth. So out of all the themes you try, all the ads you run, the campaigns you run, the keywords you use – uh, and this goes to the marketing funnels themselves, the, the business products, everything you sell, uh, your customers, like who's the biggest customer at, at every level. This is where the, it applies universally, universally. And this is also where the 80-20 inside of an 80-20 come from. So, so to give an example, if you've got 100 campaigns and you sort them, 
did I finish saying that A20 is basically a fifth? So this is important. There's about a fifth of all you do or try is going to have the best results. Conversely, a fifth will also have the, the worst results. Either way, you can look at it from either end of the spectrum. So you have 100 campaigns. You sort them and you discover that there is about 20 campaigns that all your good sales come from. If you looked inside the top one, you would then see the same thing repeated in the ad groups. Out of all the top campaigns ad groups, there's one or a fifth of them collectively that gets you most of the results. And if you looked inside the best one of those, you'll see that there's ads and keywords in the case of Google. They also, there's a keyword that gets you most of the results. One Which fifth is why if you only have like two or three ads running, you're probably missing a trick here because you just don't have enough ads Absolutely. running to find that winning ad, to find that winning ad in, in the first place. Spot on, yes, yeah, exactly. Because when you're only when you're only running one or two, you're presuming that you know uh, or have whatever's going to work best. When truth of the matter is, you probably don't know. You, you got to stick a lot out there and yeah. see. So I, I think this is fairly clear. Let, let me know if, uh, if there's anything else to say about it. But that is the point. I, no, whether you've got two, well, not two, I'm sorry. Whether you've got three or four or several hundred of ads or campaigns or what, what have you, uh, about a fifth of them is going to be where all the good stuff happens. Um, all the clicks, all the revenue, whatever it is. Not all, but 80%, right? That's, that's the point. Hmm. So, uh, so back to this guy that I was using as the example. So he was running 12 ads with no clue as to which one was bringing in the revenue or, or maybe, maybe it was all of them. Maybe they all performed equally, but given the 80, 20 principle, it's just not likely. It's, Probably, it's so unlikely that, yeah. It's like, so right, unlikely right. that he's literally wasting money, which is yeah. the point of the story. So, you know, because those ads are only, uh, he's spending all the money, uh, given what he described, I presumed he was buying as much ad space as he could buy right like given the business he was in and what all and it was working so well i'm sure he was buying into the point where there's no more inventory left for him to buy right so he was topped out he couldn't just buy more but out of all the ad ads that were ever shown for that much money um if if four fifths of those ads were performing worse than the best fifth he was literally wasting ad space and again that's presuming that that the that the cost was equal, which is probably not because the networks are smarter than that. But so he would probably make a lot more money if he knew which ads were the worst and turned them all off and then spent his money on the three that were proven to be the best. Uh, I have no idea if I explained that well, but so like my point is that instead of spending half a million a month and making 1 million, he probably could be spending the same half million and be making Maybe two million, or maybe yeah, because we've got this curve behind it that is yeah. that hidden out of sight because he doesn't have access to those numbers. Yep, exactly. I think you'd be fair to say that like eighty twenty is probably the thing that like gets talked about the most. I think it's. I think there's you know there's been a number of books. So Perry Marshall has a book about eighty twenty uh, sales and marketing. Richard Kosh has a few books. Like it, it is becoming more in the lexicon certainly of marketing but i think people don't really appreciate that it isn't really 80 20 it's more like 99.1 or 99.99 to 0.001 in many cases um and i think people kind of 
underestimate just how many ads that you really have to test to find that, to find what are those few best ads that are right at the top of the spike. And it's a challenge. Like, you know, if, if this was easy, um, we could just tell everyone listening, oh yeah, so, you know, to write that ad, you need to follow this hack and this trick. And that's what, that's what everyone's talking about on Facebook is, oh yeah, I've, I've, got, my, I've got my Facebook ad hack to, to deliver, you know, better results. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are, you know, rules of thumb and so on. And I think you could learn things from these hacks and whatever. But ultimately, it's like you've got to test like a lot of stuff. Like you've got to test a wide net of a wide net of creative, and that all ties into the eighty twenty principle. Do you have anything anything to say on that? Um, <laughs> was no. So so yeah, I guess laws and principles are a little difficult to make uh, into concrete actions, right? That's that's probably the the trouble spot. So basically, if you can just understand and accept that the 80-20 principle is pervasive, like it, it is there whether you like it or not, just like entropy or any other universal law uh, is there. So it means that there are areas in your business, whether you see them or not, where your money, your effort, your time is doing the most good and other places where you may be putting in an equal amount of money and an equal amount of time or effort or whatever, but it's basically going to waste. And so it's essential that you be able to identify that and that is exactly what this has to do with tracking ads and your ads accounts so out of all your ads all your campaigns all your audiences and keywords some are working better than others and you will not know unless you can have good tracking and be able to spot hey this ad here or these handful of ads over here these are the ones that when I spend money I actually get sales I get a return whereas these others the other hundred or the other 20 whatever it may be these others, I'm spending a lot of money, but you know what? They only break even, or they're actually losing money. I saw, I'll go on a little, another little weird tangent. I saw somebody talk about 140% of their ad spend at one point, and I was like, what are you talking about? Well, where does the 40% come from? Well, it was kind of a funny way to say it, but basically he realized that they're out of all the ads that were being shown, there was a segment that accounted for 100% of the revenue being generated. And then there was 40% that was literally just eating money. It was returning nothing. So by identifying that 40% of the ads that was just eating money and getting rid of it, it didn't reduce his income by one penny mm. because it kept the ones that were, keep, that were making money and got rid of the ones that were losing money. Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, that, sure. I wouldn't throw everybody off because that's a different math, mathematical uh, paradigm, but that that is, that is under the hood. That's what we're after. We're looking for that stuff that is either useless because it's a strictly a dollar in, dollar out break even. So why spend time on it? Or worse, you're spending a dollar and, and getting two cents back or zero cents back. So you're literally burning money. You got to find that stuff and you got to turn it off. I think a side effect of building like a maze, like follow up structure um, is that you end up running ads on more networks, you end up with more campaigns, you end up with more ad sets, ad groups, way more ads, um, you end up repurposing you know, blog posts, that sort of thing, uh, which is what people tend to get overwhelmed with. But what it means is that, you have a, is that the 80-20 principle will be more at work in your marketing just because you have a wider number of ads and other equivalents, content pieces running, and it will be there. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Maze Marketing Podcast, 
You can also sign up for a free set of maze building resources called Maze Mastery Essentials. In Maze Mastery Essentials, you get access to our Google Ads audit guide, our email and Facebook ad templates, and a video series walking you through remarketing setup on Google and Facebook. To get free access, just head to mazemastery.com.